Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, on January 19th, 2023, I'm Gianna Volpe on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. As East Hampton Town wades anew into the task of trying to forecast what impacts reducing the number of aircraft allowed to land at East Hampton Airport might have on other fields in the region and the communities that surround them, residents of Montauk this week again raised the specter of an apocalypse now air salt on its small airstrip, potentially unleashing a spiderweb of impacts across the hamlet. Michael Wright reports on 27East.com that at the first public meeting on the revived proposal to privatize East Hampton Airport and adopt a prior permission required policy that would restrict the quantity, type, and timing of flights to and from the airport, residents of Montauk said that the proposed analysis the town's consultants will undertake does not look closely enough at the breadth of Montauk to capture the full extent of the reverberations. Kelly Bloss, a Montauk resident, told the board that the planned forecasting of the potential impacts of car traffic on the hamlet needs to cast a far wider net and be stretched over a much longer time frame to accurately capture how traffic could be expected to change because of a still undetermined number of new flights coming to the Montauk Airport. Rather than just studying the intersections of roads that meet 27 West, uh, Route 27 West of uh, East Lake Drive, the road leading to Montauk Airport, the study should look at the impacts on all of Westlake Drive, Old Westlake Drive, Industrial Road, Flamingo Avenue, South Edgemere, and Second House Road as well, she said. The town of East Hampton did not draw any firm conclusions about how road traffic might be affected and what impacts it would have on Montauk as a whole when it introduced plans to privatize the airport last spring and impose new limits on flights. From the air to the tracks, the Long Island Railroad does not have the equipment it would need to tow a disabled train out of the tunnels leading into its new Grand Central Madison station in the event of a power outage, the head of the uh, the LIRR recently confirmed. Alfonso A. Castillo reports on Newsday.com that interim president Catherine Rinaldi said the issue would not impact the already delayed launch of the railroad's Eastside Access Service Plan for Grand Central and noted that the railroad has procedures in place to safely evacuate passengers. Rinaldi confirmed that the railroad was without a diesel locomotive for the newly bored Tunnels 2 Grand Central that could tow away a disabled train, as the railroad has used for years inside the East River Tunnels connecting to Penn Station. She said during a tour of the new station last month, the railroad was in the process of procuring the rescue locomotive and expected to put out uh, put it out to bid early this year. LIRR spokesperson Aaron Donovan said yesterday that the railroad has no plans for a formal procurement of a locomotive, a bidding process that could take years, but was looking into other ways to bolster its fleet of work trains that could be used for towing. The MTA has not set a new date for the expected opening of Grand Central Madison. From the tracks to the sea, nine large whale strandings in the region over the past six weeks and an unusual increase in humpback whale stranding deaths since 2016 has federal wildlife regulators concerned about the pattern, but they say there is no evidence that new offshore wind survey activity is to blame. 
Mark Harrington reports on Newsday.com that the nine whales that have washed up on beaches along the Atlantic coast, including New Jersey and Long Island shores since December 1st, consisted of seven humpback and two sperm whales, according to Sarah Wilkin, coordinator of the Marine Mammal Health and Stranding Response Program of NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Fisheries Office of Protected Resources. Recent deaths of humpbacks are part of what the government terms an unusual mortality event for the species that has seen 178 stranding deaths since January 2016. Wilkins said there also are unusual mortality events for the North Atlantic right and minke whale, Quote, unfortunately, it's been a period of several years where uh, we have had elevated strandings of large whales, she said, but we're still concerned about this increase over the past six weeks or so. In a briefing on the whales' deaths yesterday, uh, officials from the Federal Bureau of Ocean, uh, Ocean Energy Management were quick to note that an uptick in offshore wind survey work doesn't appear to be to blame. Officials noted other factors could be drawing whales into more perilous waters. The whales may be following their prey, uh, which the uh, NOAA said they were hearing from partners reportedly close to shore this winter. One wind farm opponent said uncertainty around the deaths calls for more study. Quote, we need a moratorium on vessel survey work until the impacts are known. That's Bonnie Brady, executive director of the Long Island Commercial Fishing Association, which opposes wind farms on fishing grounds. And finally, New York State's new gun restrictions can can remain temporarily in place after the U.S. Supreme Court yesterday turned down an emergency challenge by firearms dealers. Robert Brodsky reports on Newsday.com that the decision, which was unsigned by the court and included no public dissent, allows the state to maintain several measures that gun sellers contend violate their Second Amendment rights while legal cases play out. They include requiring security systems at firearms stores and preventing anyone under the age of 18 from entering unless they're with a parent or guardian requiring workers at gun shops to be at least 21, and mandating background checks for ammunition purchases, as well as training for obtaining a concealed carry license. The court's ruling comes a week after the justices temporarily rejected a separate request by a Second Amendment group to block other parts of New York's Concealed Carry Improvement Act, which also prohibits firearms in sensitive locations, such as churches, public parks, theaters, and in Times Square. Reading the weather here in Southampton in honor of our first guest this morning, local wealth management expert Rocco Carrero, joining us for the Thoughtful Thursday segment to get your new year, whether you celebrated on the 1st through Yom Kippur or are preparing for the incoming year of the rabbit, Uh, looking to get everyone off to an excellent and balanced start as we dive into his book, The Three Chords Approach to Life and Wealth Management for Business Owners. Looking like rain after 10 a.m. this morning, if that wasn't obvious to you guys looking at the skies this morning. A high near 42 degrees northwest wind, 5 to 8 miles per hour becoming southeast in the afternoon. Tonight, rain after 1 o'clock mainly, low around 37 degrees east wind, 9 to 16 miles per hour becoming west after midnight. Right now, it's 40 degrees 
And we are going to get started with a little Brenton Wood music from all decades and genres planned around two tracks by my new favorite local artist, Nina Etc. We'll be speaking uh, with Nina at the bottom of the next hour for the uh, Hot Sounds segment, underwritten by William Riss Gallery. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Brenton Wood. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, 88.3 on your FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County. Of course, streaming online wherever you are to WLIW.org slash radio. Stay tuned. Got your foes mixed up You must think I'm somebody else I'm not the same fool you knew That couldn't help himself And followed you around like a dog Strong on a chain And wagged his cute little tail
used to be part-time lovers I'll hit them beneath the covers Oh, now you got me all mixed up and confused And I just don't know what to do Far away out But instead I'm just Going back to you And it hurts me How to think that you got it going on With another guy Oh You got me on Hopping in on 
311s all mixed up just because it's a live track and I saw that there was an explicit version of that song. I want to make sure we keep it clean. This is a family show. Who have you heard thus far? After Brenton Wood, we had Patty and the Emblems and Marlins Dreaming. This is the all mixed up edition of The Heart. I stopped to chat to Michael Mackey as he headed over to Wild Bird Crossing in Bridgehampton Commons, which I believe is getting a new Barnes and Noble. I think there's 30 locations opening in the region. I'm not sure. Um, hopping over to Pete Seeger, a little all mixed up. We've got Tia Brazda, Nolan Meister, and Jed Hughes up next. Music from all decades and genres. Uh, but right in between there, I'll be excited to speak to a friend, a wonderful person, and a great professional, Rocco Carrero, joining us in the WLIWFM studio in just a few minutes here up on Hill Street in Southampton. It's overcast, so a great kind of day to peek in the windows here at the studio, wave and say hello. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Pete Seeger, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, the weekday morning and midnight show, The Heart of the East End, featuring music from all decades and genres, interviews with folks from all walks of life, all morning and midnight long, all because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I wrote a song about 30 years ago, kind of a wordy thing, and son of a gun, I find him singing it all the time these days. I forgot all about it. And largely because I discovered where I swiped the melody. <laughs> From somewhere down the Caribbean, I think Jamaica. that we speak is part German, part Latin, and part Greek. With some Celtic and Arabic and Scandinavian all in the heap, well amended by the people in the street, Choctaw gave us the word okay, vamos is a word from Mexico way, and all of this is a hint I suspect of what comes next to think that this whole world soon Mama, my whole wide world Soon, mama, my whole world Soon gonna be get mixed up Soon, mama, my whole world Soon, mama, my whole wide world Soon, mama, my whole world Soon gonna be get mixed up Soon, mama, my whole world Soon, mama, my whole wide world Soon, mama, my whole world Soon gonna be get mixed up I like Polish sausage, I like Spanish rice Pizza pie is also nice Corn and beans from the Indians here Washed down by some German beer Marco Polo traveled by camel and pony Brought to Italy the first macaroni And you and I as well as we're able 
put it all on the table. I think that this whole world, soon mama, my whole wide world, soon mama, my whole world, soon gonna be get mixed up. Red-headed Irishmen Before the Vikings landed in Ireland How many Romans had dark curly hair Before they brought slaves from Africa No race on earth is completely pure Nor is anyone's mind, and that's for sure <laughs> The winds mix the dust of every land And so will woman and man I think that this whole world Soon, mama, my whole wide world. Soon, mama, my whole world. Soon, gonna be get mixed up. Oh, this doesn't mean we must all be the same. We'll have different faces and different names. Long live many different kinds of races and difference of opinion that makes horse races. Just remember the rule about rules, brother. What's right with one is wrong with another. And take a tip from La Belle France. Viva la vie France. I think that this whole world soon, mama, my whole wife. Let me hear you. Soon, mama, my whole world soon gonna be. Yeah. Sing it again. Soon, mama, my whole world soon, mama, my whole wife world. From Pete Seeger to Tia Brazda, you never know what you're going to get here on the heart of the East End on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
staying in the chair at WLIWFM's studio on Hill Street in Southampton, moving from Tia Brazda uh, to another artist I hadn't heard before putting together this playlist for you this morning. Uh, Nolan Meister, a single from 2019 of the same title, all mixed up. Kid looks like he couldn't be uh, older than 20. I don't know. I, I don't have as good a gauge on age for the young people anymore. I don't know, but he very talented and definitely a young person. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Nolan Meister and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Country fans, stay tuned. Jed Hughes all mixed up from his 2003 record, Transcontinental, on deck after this.
Nolan Meister leading us to the bottom, well, actually past the bottom of the nine o'clock hour. We're heading back to the top and it is time for our thoughtful Thursday segment underwritten by uh, Green Hill Kitchen here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Very grateful to have Rocco Carrero in the WLIWFM studio this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks How for having me. How have you me. been? I've been great. How about yourself? Happy it's, New Year. You know what? It's a beautiful one. We've got, we just went past the, the traditional one. I know that uh, our Jewish friends out there just celebrated Yom Kippur, which is like a renewal. And then we've got the Chinese New Year ahead of us, uh, the Year of the Rabbit, which is my year. So it feels kind of lucky. Wow. Um, so I really wanted to say, first of all, thank you for this book. Because this is the book I most needed needed to read right now. And I loved your approach uh, and how you really, really focus on the fact that uh, this is a, a comprehensive look at living life. That it's about living a full life and it's not all about the bottom line. And in fact, it can't be. Can't be. That's, that's, so, <clears throat> that's so true. You know, it's... it's um. When I thought about writing this book uh, years back, I, um, I, you know, after working with hard-charging professional people for 25 years, I said, you know, y- you saw the common elements of success, the mm-hmm. ones that, um, that had it all, right? Everybody's looking for true wealth, and true wealth really isn't just defined by dollars and cents. It's by having it all. And so what's having it all, obviously, number one is your health. Right. Number two is really having great personal relationships with your family and your friends. And number three is financial success, right? All three are important. And um, and one without the other just causes the rest of them to fall apart. Right. So really, really important um, theme. I loved how much Rocco was in, in this book. It, you sound, really, right? it sounded just like me, right? Well, exactly, yeah. Was, well, also, we really get a look at your family. Like, for example, I loved learning that your dad came from Montescaglioso in the Basilicata region of Italy, your father, Paul. Yeah. I loved seeing his shop in Patchog where where you watched him work, but were not allowed to really learn the machinery. Uh, I loved learning about how an initial step back for you ultimately became what lit the fire and pole vaulted you into becoming the Rocco we all know and love today. I want to talk for the young people out there of all ages uh, the importance of a failure and why uh, not to allow step back steps back to define one's life and and personhood. You know that's a great point because it was really failure that has defined my success. If I wasn't given the chance to fail, and if somebody kind of bailed me out or just kind of you know just gave me um, a second or third chance, I probably would never have experienced the success I would have had today. Because sometimes we all need to crash and burn, and after crash and burn, you look yourself in the face, you wipe, wipe off the dust, and you pick yourself up and move forward. Right. Probably, you know, it's, so failure is actually a pretty good thing in life. Yes. Uh, you know, and it was really wonderful also uh, when you talked a little bit about some of your clients. And, uh, you know, these are uh, many of whom, not all of whom, but some of whom, I'll say, are people that built – their, uh, you know, their success from the ground up, starting uh, with nothing. I-, I loved the forward, for example, from our friend John Tortorella, 
and uh, seeing, knowing that there's so many people right in our own backyard that have that story and that want to make sure that they are uh, approaching things holistically. Well, you know, Long Island really is comprised of small business America, really, if you think about it. And, um, you know, they're from the days of when you had Grumman out in Calverton and Bethpage, but but for the most part, Long Island consists of a lot of small business guys like uh, guys and gals like John that basically started with nothing and uh, and accumulated really uh, super successful businesses. But the you know the the real successful ones, similar to John, do have the balance in life where John does focus on making sure that he does live his life and enjoy his life, right? So as you see him out and about, he celebrates life, right? Yes. And John's a terrific dad, great husband, great family person, great friend. And a super successful business owner, and that's really the. I thought it, he was a, an appropriate person, really, to have to write the foreword to the book. It was perfect because he does live all. You know, he does live all those three. Uh, those things that the three things that the book talks about. It, you know, the book uh, is for families that want to like put together that comprehensive plan. And I, I, I loved uh, one of the things. Uh, living well, I wanted to say knowing or creating strong, appropriate boundaries. You demonstrated the true value of financial planner when you explained that this is a person who helps someone define those financial boundaries so that they're able to do that. It, you know, you don't even know if you're living well uh, unless you know you're, you know, you're staying within uh, certain constraints and also making the most of it. You don't know, for example, if you're living beneath your means, like if you are uh, saving too much, unless you know what you really have and, and where you're really going. Uh, the, the, the talk about plan, uh, est- having an estate plan, I, I took Lee Brower's advice and read the, the last chapter first. So let's actually uh, start by talking now about the stark difference between uh, what well, we did, actually. We talked a little bit about the difference between money and wealth. Um, I often tell my partner, we're not rich, we're wealthy, you know, uh, having all of these other things. And I loved how much you really, it's like the pan principle. You're always there for your kids to watch them play sports, for example. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about how you balanced your life? Well, the first thing I'll say is it's not easy. It's it's real hard. And I wrote the book. And I still struggle with it, right? You want to be there for everything in life, right? You want to be there and you have to kind of – you really have to pick and choose. And so I think the first thing that people should really think about is they define their values. If you're clear on your values, if you're crystal clear as to what are the five to six values that that you have in your life and you can go through a values exercise, it becomes easier to make a decision. So here's an example. So, um, you know, family member, I think I talked a little bit about in the book. I had a lot of phone calls to to return to make, and my uncle was in the hospital. My mom wanted to go see my uncle. It was like, okay, well, you know, family is is one of the top values, so it becomes easier to make the the decision as to what you need to do. I can make those calls in the morning. I can make the calls in the morning. I can make them late at night. I, I I could figure that out, but my uncle wasn't doing well. We had to go, and that's that became the, the the most important thing. And so, but I think if you're not clear on your values, you might make you might make a mistake that you might regret. Now, for somebody else, they might they might view making the making those phone calls as being higher up on their value list, and that's and that's up to them, right? Um, but I would say that you know, for most people, they probably would choose go visit their uncle in the hospital. 
uh, versus making those phone calls. I'm not saying not making the phone calls is important. It's really important because, you know, if you don't make the phone calls and you can't continue with your business trajectory, but you have to prioritize things. So when you talked about going to games for my kids and participating and doing all that stuff, you know, my kids are only going to be young for a short period of time. Right. And, you know, um, it's important. You know, everybody knows that everybody's kid wants them to be there, right? Yes. And so really important. Uh, and, I, you know, every bit that I've been able to contribute to kids' sports has been fantastic. You know, and I, I did want – because I got, I got a little lost there. I got a little distracted in my own head. If you're talking about uh, finding your own financial boundaries, et cetera, uh, it's a great book because there's a lot of questions you need to ask yourself – and you have them all mapped out quite nicely. And then to return to what we were talking about as far as estate planning is concerned, uh, one piece of very simple, very easy advice uh, that you that – you, a little gift you give to the, the reader is um, the very simple idea of updating a beneficiary. Uh, the last chapter opens up. Uh, with a sort of scary scenario, why is it such an important thing? It's something that a lot of people set and forget when they start their uh, career, when they join a company, and might forget years later if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of common mistakes out there with beneficiaries. So let's say that somebody started the job 20 years ago or 25 years ago, and they set up their plan. They might have selected that. Their parents, the, the maybe. Parents, right. Right, one of the parents is uh, – and then – they uh, may have gotten found a partner, uh, moved on with life, uh, had some kids, and never changed the beneficiaries. And so, you know, n- not going back and revisiting beneficiaries on IRAs, life insurance policies, revisiting wills and trust and estate doc- documents is um, is a common mistake that we we see out there. So, really, you know, at least on an annual basis, just to make sure that everything is documented the way that you want it to be documented. Like in the book, we talk about that that horror story. Of um, of that person, which thought that it might be viewed as just a misunderstanding, and it turned out it wasn't viewed as a misunderstanding. So, <clears throat> really important stuff. The thing that that surprised me most about that uh, whole thing was that one's will does not supersede a beneficiary document. So, if if you make a mistake, I think the the scenario that you set up was it was uh, the person got married, maybe too young. Uh, the marriage didn't last. They then are remarried, you know, have a family, et cetera, et cetera. And then after the person passes, the money went to the first person. And as you, you know, th- thinking it would be something easy to fix, but uh, was not so easy uh, to fix. I, I appreciated uh, when you were talking about uh, retirement and and planning that that next extra or that next stage. That it shouldn't be something that happens by default, but rather by design. I loved your uh, talk about having an exit strategy. I feel like that's something that is very uh, commonly not considered, especially when we talk about people uh, like we were speaking about before that build uh, what they have from the ground up and and are so focused on putting their whole heart and soul into building something that they don't think about how to, uh, you know, what happens next? How does this thing change hands or does it? You got it. You got to, you know, the, the, what you just spoke about really is planning, right? Yes. Uh, There's an old saying, right? Failing to plan is planning to fail. And so many, that one. it's true. So many people kind of just walk around out there with no plan 
And uh, then when when you know what hits the fan, there's there's trying to find a plan, and um, and it's not the, the plan that they're trying to find is never as good as the one if they would have prepared you know in advance and really thought through things. Right. I, d- I do want to give uh, the folks one more little uh, treasure from your book, which is uh, something that they can put to use today. And that was how you divide your calendar into buffer, focus, and free days. I think it's it's phenomenal. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how you divide your calendar up? Absolutely. So um, I was in a consulting program um, for many years and uh, found brought by a guy by the name of Dan Sullivan with the strategic coach. So Dan is the one who invented that concept of buffer, free day, and focus day. And so when I look at it, you know, focus days are the days where I really focus on my most productive activities. Buffer days revolve around cleanups, things that you want to kind of get organized and cleaned up. And free days is where you're really not touching any email, not returning any phone calls. And, and, you know, by, by doing it that way, I found, you know, I saw way more productivity in making sure that focus days are ex- exclusively on focus, buffer, stay, buffer days focus on cleanups, and free days are uh, – free days, it's hard because, you know, you have everybody trying to grab your time. I'm even right. thinking about getting a second cell phone to really protect, protect the, uh, the free days even more. But, um, you know, just That's having some more – You know, having a calendaring system, you know, sometimes people laugh and they say, oh, you're so scheduled out. You put all these things down on the calendar. Well, yeah, I mean I, I've got a lot to do. The only way to do it – is through a calendaring system. If you want to be productive, if you're like, oh, I really don't care how productive I am, then you could fly by the seat of your pants. But if you want to be productive in all the areas that we spoke about in the book, you need a calendar. I system. feel like it figures into uh, failure to plan is plan to fail. Uh, flying by the seat of one's pants uh, does, doesn't tend to, to work uh, overall. You know, for me, the only time I love to be spontaneous and whatnot, but I've found that I need to contain that element of my life as well. The only uh, flying I do by the seat of my pants nowadays is when it comes to the actual interview process because I want it to be real. Yep. Um, so I don't <clears throat> talk to guests beforehand. But that's the only real part of my life that's not scheduled out in that way. And I, I feel like that that has really helped me. Well, you think about just over the past, we've, since we've known each other, your life has changed dramatically, right? Oh, yeah. You've had a lot more things. And in order to be productive and do all the things that you really want to do, you've you got to have it scheduled out. I mean, yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to do it. Right. right? You want to be the best mom you could be. You want to be the best yeah. partner you could be. You want to be the best uh, be best. Um, uh, news reporter and uh, an interviewer that you could possibly be. So, in order to do that, you got to have it. But, but it really, it really uh, demonstrated to me. This book talked about how important those other two elements are for the third one. So, so the focus on self care, for example, having free days is so important for the mind, for the body, in order to preserve one's health. And to, as you mentioned, also to be more productive when you are having those focus days, having, uh, you know, family, whatever that means for you out there, uh, this having that be strong is is also so important to the whole picture. Uh, And just to to demonstrate um, how holistic 
this book and this approach is there was so much philosophy in there. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship to uh, philosophy? Because I saw Aristotle, uh, everything in moderation in there. We saw a bit of Solomon. Uh, and there was certainly know thyself. I don't know if that's Socrates or what. That could be Aristotle too. I think it's Socrates. But, uh, you know, there's a lot in there. There's a lot for the reader to really get out of it without getting too dense and in the weeds as to the technical terms and uh, uh, ideas for everything. You know, we tried to make the book in a way that it was kind of simplistic and uh, in a way that, you know, if somebody reads through it, a lot of it is common sense. A lot of it, as you read through it, you might say, you know, I, I know that or I think I know that. And so just with basic types of philosophy, right, we don't have to reinvent the wheel or be super complicated about it. Many times, if you think about life, right, you know, if, if you go, you have the same principles probably have applied for a thousand years, mm-hmm. right? I love when people people say, uh, well, what's this year going to be like? And I tell them probably like pretty much like like the last 2,000 years, right? You're going to have good, <laughs> there's going to be good days and bad days. As long as there's more good days than bad days, you're going to be successful. Before I let you go, I want to just uh, applaud how um, you put on a platter the fact that customer service is a cornerstone of so many professions. And it's it's not just something that's um, tied into the restaurant business. It brought me right back to my years in sales. I worked at a shop and the first 15 minutes that I spent when someone walked in the door was just like interviewing, f- finding out, interrogating, trying to figure out who is this person and what what do they specifically need before I I ever think of presenting them to tailor fit the sale to what not only the what they need and what they want and that, that that's something that you do yeah that's one of the basic principles I learned in my dad's tailor shop he never wanted me to touch the machines but he wanted me to be observant as to how you treat your customers. And um, and we practice that with my team, my organization. Every single day, we've studied how the Ritz Carlton has launched their client services model, and um, and we practice that every day. So, really, being there for the people that you serve is the number one priority of any organization. How can people? I know that they can go to their local bookstore if they want to get Three Chords Approach to Life and Wealth Management. For business owners, if it's not on the shelves, I'm sure that they can help order it. Uh, but how can people get in touch with you and your team? Um, they could basically just go on our website, uh, roccocarrero.com. That's R-O-C-C-O-C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O.com. Before I let you go, is there anything that we didn't that I didn't ask you or that we haven't discussed yet that you want to make sure the listeners know? Uh, you know, I um, the one thing, the one last thing I just wanted to touch upon is that is the you know there is another component to it, and that's you know to life and it doesn't really touch it touches on it in the book which is in the last chapter but you know we could really went more into it, and that's giving back and helping others really that's Amen. almost that really is you know once a person has accumulated wealth we try to work with with our clients and and the people that that we serve at learning more about that and that's a really important thing uh, as well. Really, that's you know that ties in um, that ties in with your community and being aware of that. And as you think about true wealth, that's another component of really having a, a full life uh, and helping others. You know, that is how I was going to open with that because the last time we had you on the show, you were talking about helping the folks over in Ukraine. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. 
And I was so grateful to you not for that. And also, I was grateful because I learned a lot about that aspect when I'm thinking in the future, when I'm at that point. And I liked learning, for example, that it would be better for me to consider assigning my IRA or my 401k to a, ch- to a charity and then uh, because then they would not be taxed. Well, you know, th- that's um, because it's it, a nonprofit, but that my kids or heirs or, or whatever uh, would be better assigned something like a life insurance policy or something that uh, would be that, not you know, as heavily taxed. That is a um, that's another financial planning strategy. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't suggest that people change their beneficiaries to you know 100 percent to some type of a charity unless they're able to no, do that. No, yes, no, yeah. and I'm not, and I'm not <laughs> suggesting that. But, but um, but there are strategies that are out there. Let's assume that if somebody doesn't need those resources, because when they come out to an individual, they become fully taxable. Right. Um. Over you know over time, it's not life insurance, but but uh, but more specifically around uh, traditional IRAs and traditional four hundred one k plans. But um, but if a person has it on their designation being uh, a five hundred one c three non for profit, that money would then go to the five hundred one c three tax free. So that's another way to transfer assets and um, and help a charitable organization as well. I learned so much from this book, and I'm so grateful to you for being here and uh, spreading a really great message, especially when it comes to helping others. We're all about it here on the show. I'm Gianna Volpe. That's Rocco Carrero. This is Jed Hughes. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you just heard the Thoughtful Thursday segment underwritten by Green Hill Kitchen right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Nothing's working out just fine More than a dream I'm thinking things I shouldn't Knowing that you'd never be mine Feeling the pain 